We always say seat time is king, so sit on down and listen in to Motorsports Tech Talk with your hosts, Brian and Eric. Eric, how's it going? Well, I'm here. How about you? <laughs> that good, huh? I did. So good. <laughs> so great. Yeah, I'm uh I'm good. Um I guess one thing we haven't really talked at, on here about, I haven't really talked to many people about, uh, outside of, uh, you know, just chatting with you and stuff, not on the podcast, but, uh, you know, I started a, a new position at work recently and, uh, you know, now, now finally getting into the, the nitty gritty there. But, uh, so it's nice. It's, uh, I don't know, like it's nice to have things to, to, you know, to keep you busy all day. But that means if I'm trying to maybe, you know, slightly use some of that time for, you know, car related or spec me out or racing related stuff, you know, there's not as much budget for it, but yeah, you mean you actually have to work at work. <laughs> yeah. You know, but with the, you know, with the whole work from home thing, it's, uh, it's really changed how you can kind of budget your time. Uh, True. And that, you know, you can maybe do more things during the day that you'd rather do during the day and then maybe offload some more work at night or, you know, working for a Japanese company, there's some late night meetings. So I can use that to maybe try to get some stuff done in the afternoon and then get back on kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to not be as constrained. Um, you know, and I'm certainly not wasting as much time, you know, like mm -hmm. I've, I did go into the office like two weeks ago, um, for something, uh, we we're actually doing a, well, whatever. Um, but I realized how much I hated and didn't miss commuting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for you sure. You live kind of like, close to work, and it's twenty minutes, in no traffic, right? Mm -hmm. That's almost an hour out of your day, right? It's not. It doesn't matter to your employer, right? If you're hourly, you don't get paid for it. If your salary, they don't count it as like you being there. It's just a waste of time, and mm -hmm. uh, gas, and you know, uh, generally everybody does it at the same time, right? Uh, like at least before yep. this, right? So mm -hmm. that 23 minute drive bumps up to like 45 minutes because of course we have to go, uh, you know, slow and text and not pay attention. Um, so then that's an hour and a half out of your fucking day. You know, just. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you can just be so much more efficient not doing it. And then even if you work pretty hard the whole day, you know, um, you can, like you mentioned, do things during the day that you normally couldn't, right? Like, I don't feel bad about starting my laundry during the, the work day. It takes two minutes, you know, to just throw it in the washer. But that's stuff I wouldn't have been able to get done if I wasn't home. So... I do yeah, agree no, that, yeah, exactly. that change is, is nice. 
Yeah, if like if I especially like if I need to go do something like that, you know, a half hour or an hour, something in the middle of the day, like uh, maybe drop a block off at the machine shop, or you know, go to the doctor's office or something like that. You know, it's it's a lot easier to just pop out real quick, you know, get it done, come back, and then you know, just supplement that with a you know, work until six instead of five or or whatever. But yeah, it's it's definitely nicer for that. Um, and yeah, just you know, being at home in your own space can be nice. I don't know. There's definitely bad sides of it, and that like you don't really see see people really get to talk to them like candidly yeah it's definitely you know there there are some downsides um yeah you know it's it's harder to get your point across if you just start at a job or start in a new position kind of like you have you know when you're not there it's hard to figure out who's doing what mm-hmm. you know so it takes a lot longer to figure out who to talk to for certain things that you might need um, but you know, I mean, shit, right? Like I just, it's just so much easier to be so much more efficient with your time that I, I don't care. Right. Like mm-hmm. if you wanted to be motivated, one of those, you know, people who gets up in the morning and goes for a run. Now I can roll out of bed, go run you know, at seven, right? Roll out of bed at 6.55. Go run at seven. Let's say it's an hour run or 55 minutes, right? Get back, uh, you know, have a cup of coffee and start work, right? I'm in my apartment by myself. doesn't matter if I'm a little, you know, stinky from a run. I can shower during lunch, right? Mm-hmm. More of these benefits. Um, but yeah, then I... Then I got that much more done in my day and I got up at 6.55. Whereas previously, you know, it would have had to get up at 6.30 to shower, get ready, get my lunch together, get everything for work, and then, you know, leave, you deal with slow-ass fucking traffic, and then you get to work just before 8, right? Like, yeah, it's just so much better. I do know a lot of people who, uh, yeah, who are in. Well, I'll just say they have a family, right? For me, it's whatever, but they are now constantly being bothered. Well, quote unquote bothered by their spouse and children, and it's hard for them to get work done. So they're constantly complaining about it to me, but I don't have that problem. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, I think initially when all the schools were closed, it definitely was rough for, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people because, yeah, I think just having to, you know, once, once they went back to school, then, they, you know, they're out of their hair during the work day, you know, anyway. Well, they're so, still on uh, and on off right now. Yeah, they're Switching. still like uh, in, right, online, part online, part in class kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on where you are, but, uh, but here anyway, well, yeah, in Michigan people I work with. Yeah. 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 Cause I don't know if it's statewide or if that changes a little bit by County, I, I have no idea because I don't have kids, so it doesn't <laughs> do me any good to look into it, but yeah. Um, yeah. But 
but yeah, for us, uh, you know, unmarried, un child bound or yep. unchildrened young, young lads. Yep. Um yeah, it's not it's definitely it's it's a more flexible situation for us. Yeah. Definitely. But uh yeah, it's but but yeah, being being more busy at work can be you know have its upsides and downsides. Luckily not too much overtime yet, but might have some coming up here, but uh yeah. Pays the bills though, thanks to that time and a half. Yeah, it does. But, uh, but either way, uh, still, still always have time for racing. Speaking of which, you uh, well, you attempted to do some racing yeah. last weekend. Yep, I certainly tried my little best. Uh, we took the card out. Um, the plan was to practice saturday and race sunday um worked through a couple things saturday um yeah i mean there there were small problems here and there nothing crazy at least to start right um so i never even got really like a full session in but we'd bring the card in fix it up you know uh had a little it's not really an exhaust leak, or maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. Two strokes. My card is a two-stroke, you know, per an oil. And so there's a flex pipe and a booth that covers it. And burned oil, you know, was coming out. So, like, my the head sealed, right? The header sealed on the head. It's not an exhaust leak in that manner. It's an exhaust leak. Like, mm-hmm. there's fluid coming out of my exhaust. Anyways. <laughs> um, you know, so we just put in a new flex pipe. Um, and that works. So, small things, um, but still not a full session until uh, my axle blew up. So, uh, everybody in the paddock said they had never seen that before. I sent the photo to a couple friends who've raced carts most of their life. They have also never seen that before. So I feel real lucky. Uh, not. <laughs> so that ended, uh, the day, you know, um, I did have a spare axle not with me when I was packing everything up. Uh, the axle sticks out of the container of spares cause it's, you know, a long axle. And I'm like, nah, I won't need this. If I do, I'm really fucked. And there's no saving me. <laughs> so I took that out. It's the only spare I didn't bring. Uh, awesome. But either way, at the track, sort of decided, you know, I didn't want to spend the whole night uh, doing it. Realistically, if you've done it before, it's probably a quick job. But if you've never done it before, probably not. Um, and then, you know, just moving it in and out. Maybe it would be easier because it was split. But obviously, there's burrs and everything where uh, the axle split. Um, so that won't that wouldn't be able to slide through any of the bearings or supports. Um, so I figured I wouldn't be able to properly do it at the track and since i was 
going back home anyway to, you know, whether I need the spare to fix it or whether I'm not racing Sunday, I figured, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll not race Sunday. Um, cause another thing is, I guess my spare axle is a hard axle. Um, and in karting, apparently axles are a tuning tool. Um, so the, well, lots of times the steel is the same. Uh, the material they make the, the axle out of is the same. They just treat it differently. Um, you know, so that's, uh, whether they anneal it or harden it, um, it's some sort of post-process, you know, temperature-based thing. Um, and that'll change the spring rate of the axle. Um, and when I say spring rate, I mean, like, imagine each tire on the left side and the right side of the cart is a torsional spring, right? Uh, we've talked about diffs and how they want to move separately. On a cart, there is no diff. So the softer it is, the more it allow those two to turn independently. Um, so people use that as a tuning tool. And uh, very few people use the hard on my cart. Um, and when I say my cart, I mean, you know, that engine type along with those tires because uh, they're the stickier tires. Um, so, yeah, I figured, you know, I'll just call it there and went home uh, sad and dejected, you know, just another day. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's sucks. Um, yeah, certainly tried to race, but you know, I probably had ten full minutes of not worrying about parts going to shit when I was on the track. <laughs> and that card is awesome when it when it's running. Like holy shit, is it awesome? Uh, <laughs> super high RPMs. You know, a little over 30 horsepower in a cart. That's a lot, right? With me on it, it weighs just over 360 pounds. Um, and the softer compound uh, tires. It's very grippy. Feels like you can do whatever the hell you want. Um, it's great. So it was 10 minutes of fun. Uh Cost benefit is not quite there, but you know, I guess while, while I'm hurrying on carts, I looked up, uh, when I got back, I was looking up uh, different, uh, setups people use just cause you know, if I'm looking at replacing the axle, I'm just trying to gauge how the, you know, I don't want to say market, but you know, how my competition is setting up their cart. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't really care about being competitive. So competitions, you know, in quotes there, but anyways, um, boy, oh boy, is that, that's a train wreck. Uh, like a, a <laughs> rabbit hole. If I've ever seen one, um, people talking about tuning carts. Um, it's interesting because I know uh, at Pratt, Right, where we used to work, there were some people who were really serious. Um, they were pretty fast. They knew what they were doing in terms of setup, right? And I also know they tested those car tires, right? Like at Pratt, we had a, you know, not a 
cow spam machine, right? But something, you know, to get an idea of what the tire is doing, we had a tire tester. Um, and I know they, they tested those car tires, right? So <laughs> these people are super serious using all the data they can get. And I imagine whatever they're doing is right. Um, but then as soon as I go on the forum, you see uh, it's it's just a dumpster fire. Like the word grip <laughs> is sometimes used to mean grip, sometimes used to mean the axle doing what they want, right? So I would see people describing a cart understeering and a cart oversteering, two different people, and they would both say the rear has too much grip. So, what? The, what the fuck are you talking about? Right? That doesn't that doesn't make any sense, right? And the then, rear, the rear, the rear is so much grip that it's it's throwing you sideways. Yeah, the rear has so much grip that it's not contacting the ground or sticking to it anymore. Like, what the fuck? Um, you know, and, and carts are different. Um, there's a there's a big concept. I'm not sure how true it really is, but I've seen a lot of people talk about leaning to the outside of the corner um, in a cart, right? With the concept being unload the inside as much as you can. And because your axle is solid and you have no diff, if you can lift that inside tire up a little bit, it, you're actually going to turn faster. Um, it's not going to drag um scrub yeah um that seems to be a common idea but uh not universal and then you know we've talked about weight transfer before you know in this case you'd be contributing to the weight transfer just putting more weight on the outside um I, I just, again, it's a dude. So someone else was saying, um, and lots of people agreed with this. So they're fucking wrong. I think, um, mm -hmm. that weight transfer happens cross car in a cart. Right. And what I, and when I say that, what I mean is they're arguing that weight transfers to the inside of the cart on the front and the outside on the rear. Hmm. Hmm. So, uh, there is something in this world called caster jacking. Uh, we'll get into that a bit uh, when we talk about suspension, which I've ordered my fifth replacement Surface Pro Pen so I can draw you all diagrams eventually something's going to work. So just keep hanging on. <laughs> going to have a basics of suspension at some point. Um, but anyways, the, the, the concept is the wheel center um, on the inside wants to move down, right? It, it, it doesn't stay in the same Z height location or location above the ground. And if you had the car just floating in space, if there was no ground, um, you turn to the left the wheel center on the left side would want to go down 
and on the right side it would want to go up uh, because of your caster. Again, we'll go into this into some detail later. But um, what that means is, you know, if you're just sitting there statically, you won't really notice it in a car because A, you have a full suspension and springs and stuff, um, but also the caster relative to the car is, I don't want to say right or normal, but carts look like they have more caster than a car. And then scale that to the size, it's just ridiculous, right? Um, mm-hmm. So anyways, I, I guess the point is, if you're not moving the cart or if you're just rolling around, you know, the pits or whatever, and you turn the wheel, the inside will push down and the outside tire will come off the ground. So I think that's where these people are getting this concept, right? Um, Because that is, that's a real phenomenon, I guess. Um, And any of you can see this if you ever like go-karting, right? You don't need a fancy cart to see this. Go to your nearest cart place, turn the wheel to lock one direction, and you'll see it like bind and not want to turn anymore. But anyways, I guess uh, the point is physics is still happening, right? Um, Prove it. So if <laughs> prove, uh, okay. Uh, when I get my pen, like I'll do some math city. for you. Yeah. We don't so like your big city physics around here. <laughs> I know. Well, again, I'll get that pen. I'll do some math. I'll prove it to you. But... um. <laughs> Anyways, the point is, you know, if you break, um, no matter what the cart's doing, um, like kinematically, like how it's flexing or whatever, the point is you have a CG above the ground and you're decelerating. So you have, you know, front weight transfer. And it's the same concept with a corner. Your CG is above the ground. If you're accelerating laterally one direction, you know, there's a moment and weight's going to the outside. So, um, so that, that's still happening. Uh, I imagine there's, well, I imagine if you had really large steering angles, there would be something of a inside slight inside weight transfer increase, but this would be a balance, right? It wouldn't be a net increase. It would be, you have X amount of outside weight transfer due to your acceleration. And then due to your kinematics, you have a much smaller amount of inside weight transfer because that tire is trying to push the cart up. Uh, mm-hmm. That being said, especially in a cart, you use such small steering angles that I don't even think it's probably a big thing here, you know, um, like on track. You you should be driving the cart mostly with, you know, throttle and brake inputs. So I guess that's a really long tangent of me saying the online <laughs> forums, everything I found, you know, not just US stuff, but carting UK forums and whatever. It's all a dumpster fire. And uh <laughs> you know I I guess test, see what you like. Physics prevails though, so I'll just need to figure it out for myself. Do some math. God. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know there's, there's one, you know, there's one theory, mathematical formula that uh, I feel like usually holds true. And that's the, as, as seat time approaches infinity, mm. uh, so does, so does driver performance <laughs> and, and overall vehicle performance. <laughs> so it's a, it's a one-to-one, so to speak. I mean, of course, there's there's a ceiling on both, right? You're not you can't defy physics, as as you were trying, you know, somewhat explaining here. I mean, I don't believe it. I don't, I don't think physics. You know, you're just you're just trying to put you're just trying to put people down with this physics crap. But uh, that is true. But you know, I I think you know, of course, there's there's you could set up your your vehicle or car or cart like dog shit, and uh, you know get everything wrong on it but you put uh, someone who's never you know who hardly ever races out there they're probably gonna still be slower you know yeah. put them out in the in the perfect setup they're gonna be slower than the guy who's been racing for like 10 years mm-hmm. potentially i mean there's some talent and all those other things but uh yeah but you know seat time is king it is so weird <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, that's. But no one, uh, not a lot of people talk about that. That I feel like I feel like it's getting out there. We're we're trying our we're doing our part. I'm trying, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I guess this weekend uh, I tried to race and ended up not racing. You didn't race either. How's that feel? <laughs> yeah, you know. It, and 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 then that's and that's why I can understand your frustrations because you know you're losing seat time. The whole point of getting this cart was to get some seat time. Mm-hmm. You know, cheaper, cheaper than yeah. Spec Miata, cheaper than you know any other expensive track day car, or whatever. But if you're not getting the seat time and still spending money on it, then it's it's already it's not the you know it's not the, panning out for me. Yeah, so. But, you know, it's still, you know, teething issues. You know, you break a couple axles here and there. and <laughs> uh, I guess, man. I, I don't know. I mean, so if you consider, um, yeah, and we had water pump issues and whatever. Um, but if you consider dollars per time on track, and I've probably been running for a proper... 20 to 30 minutes like since I bought this fucking thing <laughs> uh oh there's a lot of things I could have done that dollar per track time <laughs> by now you know yeah I mean, you consider I got you know like I said probably 10 minutes of good track time and drove all the way out there which it's not too far but uh you know, over an hour, and then you know your pit pass and your forty dollars for a day of racing is great. <laughs> Generally, if you run for more than ten fucking minutes, right? Yeah, your 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 fifty dollar race fee. I'm sure that hurt. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Fuck. Your fifty dollar like, race fee and your uh, you know, 
50-minute tow with a gasoline-powered... I mean, the CTSV is the most efficient, but I'm sure it gets better MPGs than my uh, my diesel F-250 towing 8,000 pounds. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude. And then there's some other ancillary bits. Like, I trusted the guy who helped me tie this thing down. Apparently, I shouldn't have. He's tied multiple things down. And, and his he defense, races all the fucking time. Your trailer moves in two axes or it separately does, front to rear. But why the? F- the point is, I shouldn't have let it go, right? But he wrapped the strap like he wrapped the hook around the strap, which is fine if you're statically moving something. I guess that that's sort of an oxymoron. But if something's <laughs> relatively static, right? Like if it's in the bed of a truck, it's not sliding around. That's what I mean, right? The truck is moving, but the platform is not. But if you have a really light motorcycle trailer and that platform is moving, it's not a good way to do it. I questioned it. Hashtag, it's probably fine. I let it go. (laughs) And four of my five straps are now trash. So... You know, well, these these things just keep, they just add up. And at this point, dollar per track time, if it included a weekend track day, it would probably be cheaper for me to just buy Drago's Spec Miata in terms of dollar per track time. I don't know, man. If you're worried worried about ratchet, ratchet strap costs, man, I don't know if racing's for you. <laughs> uh, I'm not individually, but these are all things that add up, right? Like if they're nice ratchet straps, that's another, you know, $45 pack, that $50 race fee, $40 entry fee, $15 pit pass, $260 in tires that have now been heat cycled for not much gain. You know, I mean, it's it's just a lot, you know. I, mean, I, I didn't even name everything. Another two hundred and fifty dollars in an axle, right? Uh, spent about five hundred dollars in electronics trying to fix that since the last time we were out. Like, I mean, realistically, you know, between last time and this time, we're probably looking at like fifteen hundred bucks, maybe a grand. Probably closer to a grand. Ten minutes. I mean, I'd probably spend that in one race weekend. <laughs> yeah. You get more than ten minutes of track time. Yeah, but I, I guess I I wouldn't if my spec me out to blow up every time. <laughs> yes. That's the point. That is that is what I'm getting at. It's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Well, then don't so. blow up your car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, obviously, if it's just, I think, I think your track time per dollar will, will exponentially increase versus what it is now once you actually get track time. Um, well, it certainly can't decrease. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think you just need to stick with it, man. Give it, give it a shot. Give it a chance. 
give it a hope and a prayer. Yeah. Well, I'll keep driving it until someone buys it because I'm already tired of this thing. So if any of our <laughs> listeners want a cart, hit me up. <laughs> it's fast. I'm about to fix it and then get rid of it. So. Well, yeah, speaking of uh, people getting frustrated with their cars and probably should just sell them for something cheaper, mm-hmm. uh, there was a WEC race uh, last weekend. And, yeah, isn't uh, uh, Gavin retiring or something? Hmm, sorry. Is Gavin, Oliver Gavin, isn't he retiring? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. This is his he, last race. He raced in that race. They they threw him a bone, let him uh, putz around in the back of the GT field uh, in the Corvette. Yeah. I'm guessing, because the Corvette's not running the full season or anything, so I think maybe they're doing it to prepare for Le Mans or they get, need the, to get their race. blessing. Yeah, they you know. need to do a couple WEC races to uh, get into Le Mans. Hmm. Okay, yeah. So they were out there doing that. Uh, so yeah, Garcia, or not Garcia, well, it was Garcia and Gavin. Mm-hmm. Gavin got to, yeah, got to come back, basically, um, for for that race. Um, but... Uh, but the the kind of the big story of the weekend was the Toyota hypercars, at least before qualifying up to that point, have been slower than the P2 cars. <laughs> Ouch. And, uh, you know, P2 car is a cost-capped, uh, just like kind of spec car. And uh, you can go out and buy it for a couple hundred thousand. Chump change, you know. How much is it? Because, I mean, I the, like, the P3, I thought, I thought is like, 250 i thought I think it's like 350 or something mm-hmm. at least at least when they first came out i don't know if there's like increased due to inflation and stuff like yeah. that there's probably um, some of that i'm sure everyone, i remember them being cost cut uh, right around 350 up. when they first came out uh eh, well 483,000 pounds whatever that means in real money uh, <laughs> I would not call our money real money. <laughs> how much how is many, that in Dogecoin? Yeah, hey, how much is that in uh yeah Dogecoin? Uh, well, first let me com- let me convert it to. It's a uh, six hundred seventy one thousand six hundred eighty one ish United States dollars. How much? Six hundred seventy-one thousand six hundred and eighty-one. Okay, okay. So I okay, mean, it's still but, cheaper than a new GT3 car, which is it's a good deal, man. You should go buy one. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's 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 cheaper than a GT3 car. Uh, yeah, selling price, maybe maybe it was like the chassis or something was that cost. I. I remember that number from a while ago. I imagine it increased. I know the car's got engine upgrades and stuff over the years, so I imagine that kind of creeped up. But uh, and then the U.S. dollar kind of creeped down. But uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, selling price of, of the complete new car without engine, without engine or homologated electronic equipment must not exceed four hundred. Okay, maybe it's. 
Maybe it's a bit more than I thought, but yeah, still nowhere near as the I'm sure the cost to develop your own bespoke hypercar or even LMP1 car for that matter. Uh, you know, all the engineering hours and development costs, not even including you know materials and everything. I'm sure in the millions. So, you know, LMP2, good value. You know, that that's what we're yeah. getting at here. But uh, listen, that's under 13 Bitcoin. So. <laughs> Yeah. Easy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's nothing. Yeah. So um, I know people who spent that on a couple pizzas and some weed. <laughs> Rip. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, I don't know why they didn't just buy an LP too, but, uh, but yeah, so the, uh, the, of course the Toyotas did pick up the pace as they figured out, I guess, how their car worked as the sessions go on. Um, and they and were by able that, to, you mean they let out the sand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not saying that that's, uh, that would be ridiculous, but, uh, <laughs> how much faster uh, did they go? Uh, I think they found like two seconds around two, two and a half seconds. Oh, wow. And that they were a few tenths slower, I think before. And then they ended up being like 1.8 seconds faster by the end. At least the fastest car was, uh, so they were able to qualify on pole overall, you know, that's what you'd expect from the, <laughs> the top class. Yes. Um, there was another hypercar, well, quote unquote hypercar there, the, uh, the Alpine Elf, uh, Orca, whatever you want to call it. Basically LMP2 car with a different engine in it, uh, since right now the regulations kind of allow some flexibility and you know, in the, not the, cause you can run a hybrid or non-hybrid. Um, in this case they were running a non-hybrid. Uh, so it's just, I think it was a turbocharged engine. So it, from the outside, it looked identical to an LMP2 car. At least I couldn't tell the differences. Uh, it just had more power basically and less, less grip. <laughs> um, Ouch. Which I don't know how it had less grip because it was basically an LMP, LMP2 car. Maybe it was heavier. I'm not 100% there. Uh, but I know the hyper cars have less grip, at least the, the like the Toyota car. I mean, it's it's supposed to mimic more of a, a road-going car, similar to the GT class, except, of course, you know, much more hopped up, powerful, and, you know, a little bit more arrowed out kind of car. Yeah, you know, the, it's the the intention was to have like the Aston Martin Valkyrie, uh, the Mercedes Project One, you know, cars like that uh, that had been teased and you know and are being developed right now. I mean, I think the Valkyrie got delayed, but it, the prototypes are are running. Same with the Project One uh, Mercedes car, but yeah, cars like that was the intention, um, and. Uh, yeah, and the Toyota, I forget the, the actual name of it, but they are making the road going version. I, I could tell you that. I mean, it's part, I think it's part of the rules for the hypercars. Um, yeah, it is. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, so it's supposed to, and, and they were purposely slowing them down from, uh, you know, from LMP1 because, you know, every, for whatever reason, uh, whether it's for safety or um, yeah, safety, kind of 
maybe rules parity, those kind of things. They usually every year kind of try to slow the cars down because as development in- continues, the cars will get faster naturally. Mm-hmm. Like even even though the the last of the LMP1 breed was you know pretty severely limited versus like uh, maybe your late 2000s LMP1 cars as far as power and tires and aero uh, efficiency and that kind of thing, they still. Toyota was still able to get the lap record at Le Mans, you know, in 20, 2019, I think it was. Um, so, you know, even just with development, tire development, car development, engine development, all those things, they can kind of overcome the, the, the losses uh, that the rules kind of force on them. So, uh, so I imagine the hypercars will get faster and faster over, you know, the next year or so, uh, especially as more of them show up. But, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, it wasn't looking good in practice uh, when they were they couldn't keep up with LMP2 cars. Um, and then, you know, qualifying, they were able to go faster. And then uh, once the race started, it was, it was pretty interesting. The, the one of the LMP2 cars was able to split the two Toyotas for a little while. Um, and uh, and was able to stay ahead of the a third hypercar, which wasn't you know the the lmp2 based hypercar but uh, the struggle that they were having was that uh just like uh, uh in champ car when i'm in the e30 and trying to get past like a uh a saab or a mustang or something like that that has all the all the horsepowers uh you know you're faster in the corner but you're slower on the straight. So it really makes passing opportunities difficult. Like he, maybe he can get by at some point during, and, and this was at spa. So the whole like middle sector is kind of the twisty bits. Mm-hmm. And there's some straights in the beginning in the, the first sector, there's a lot of straight. So in the middle sector, the, the P2 cars were still much faster. Uh, but then on the straights, the, the hyper cars could, could gap or pass if needed. So, I know it was frustrating for some of the LMP2 cars as they were kind of stuck behind them. So getting slowed down all the way through the the second sector, the yeah. twisty bits, and then, you know, and then we'll get gapped on the straight and then it's just, you know, started over all over again next lap. But yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah. But once the hyper cars kind of settled in, they, they were quicker overall. They were faster on lap time. It's just, they had to get a little bit of a gap to, to not kind of hold up the LMP2. But uh, yeah, I, I supposedly they're talking about um, uh, maybe speeding up the hypercars because they already had to slow down the P2 cars. I believe they're, they, they had to reduce their power from last year uh, and a few other things. I think it was all part of the plan originally. They didn't do this as a reaction, but I think they don't want to slow the P2 cars down anymore. It's more they'll they'll maybe try to speed up the hypercars, whether it's reduce the weight or maybe try to allow for more power, but um, or some aero changes. But uh, all those might you know kind of mess up what Toyota was already planning or the the Glickenhaus that's supposed to show up in a in a race or two. But yeah, um, I mean it's it's interesting they're having to do with this early, right? Yeah, because like. When you build a race car, you should build it with a lot of adjustability, right? 
Um, but right. So, you know, if, if I was, you know, this is just a very simple example, right? But if we were building one of these hypercars, we would make it much lighter than the actual minimum weight. Then when we go to homologate it, it already has ballast in it. So yeah. then when they do this and they're like, oh, whoops, you need to go faster. You can actually take it out. <laughs> but the thing is, these are all new cars. If they were actually designed to the rule as is and not with this upward mobility, which again, understanding racing, they should have. But, you know, if you're naive and, you know, happy and whatever and just do what they tell you to do, um, you'd already be at your limit, right? You couldn't, where are you going to get more power or, you know, less weight? If the car, if the car is already as light as you can make it, you know, you're just kind of boned then. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's a problem, right? As I just said, they, they should have designed the car with this adjustability in mind, but it's weird to see it this early. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be some teething issues with a new kind of rule set, but, um, I don't know. It does seem like they weren't really, <laughs> they weren't ready for it. I mean, I think part of it is that a lot of times they re- really focus on Lamar as like the benchmark, uh, and you know, being that the cars are faster in a straight line than the LP2 cars at Lamar shouldn't be an issue at all. Um, but uh, but you know, at these you know tighter, twistier tracks like Spa, which really isn't that tight. No. Uh, <laughs> um, but comparatively to Lamar, it's it it, it is. And I mean, I, the problem might get worse at some of these other at the, some of the other uh, events that they go to. Um, I mean, they go to uh, Portimao next. Uh, that one's going to be tighter than Spa. Monza, that's another fast one. Lama, uh, Fuji is is pretty tight, and Bahrain comparatively are all much uh, you know more less big straights and more you know twisty bits. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, with those later races like Fuji and Bahrain, those by then I'm sure the cars will develop to the point where they'll probably be clear of the P2 cars. But um, uh, but like the next event could be interesting, like Portimao, uh, which is where F1 was uh, last weekend. You know, it's a lot of tight corners there. So uh, I mean, it, it makes the it makes I guess more cars able to race for the overall win, but you know not necessarily in all in the same class. So, um, and with only really three cars right now, yeah, it's, it's not the, the best competition with, there's two, the, like I said, the Glicken house, the two more cars are supposed to show up and those ones are actual hyper car, you know, non LMP two based cars, but, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting once they show up. I imagine Toyota will be ahead of them because, they just have more time to develop the car up to that point and they will have already raced it at that point. I mean, they already have. So, and you know, it's Toyota, the, one of the biggest automakers in the world versus, you know, Scuderia Glickenhaus, just a little boutique uh, manufacturer. Like, you know, 
I don't expect them to at least initially be right up to speed. So, I mean, there's, there's a reason they they missed the beginning of the season because, you know, schedules blow out, you know, he, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I know all about that. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, you know, it, but it'll be good to see more up front. Uh, hopefully some more manufacturers commit. I know, I know there's been quite a few on the, uh, Daytona or what is it? LMDH, Lama Daytona H, as 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 they announced it as a well, basically Daytona hypercar. Uh, yeah, there's supposed to be a couple more. The port, I believe, Porsche. I mean, it's Ferrari, but either Ferrari might do the hypercar hypercar versus the Daytona hypercar. But uh, seemed like there were some more. I think Ford. Uh, I think was trying to do a. Uh, a Daytona hypercar as well. I don't know about that. Let me see. Uh, Ferrari is confirmed 2023. Uh, well, I'm sure nothing's confirmed, but. Let's see. Let's see. Who's doing it? Aerodynamics cost. Uh, Glickenhaus, I know, was confirmed. Peugeot supposedly will be fielding a uh, a hypercar. Uh, Ferrari in 2023. Uh, supposedly. Ford was involved in negotiations and expressed interest, but uh, but have, hasn't committed to anything. Uh, people thought McLaren were, but nothing from them. And I thought how I thought I saw Audi was supposed to come back too. I don't know, but you know things come and go. People will you know companies will talk about oh yeah we have a lot of interest, and then you know then do nothing, which is fine. There it's a lot of money. <laughs> uh, it's a ton of money. They want. Yeah. So either way, uh yeah, I was I just I always hope that the top class will go back to the golden golden days where it was the Peugeots and the Audis and then the the Porsche, Toyota and Audi battle with the the Nissan kinda very shortly in there for a second, but not really. Yeah. Wish it would be. We can pretend. But, but yeah, those those were always such awesome battles to to watch and so hoping for some good competition up the up at the front again. But um but yeah, I mean it's it's just uh it's interesting to see the the hypercar is so slow. <laughs> yeah. You know. But, uh, yeah, and that's that whole, you know, having a car faster in the straights. And like I said, like in, in champ car, it's always such a big problem when you, if you build a car to be super fast in the corners and just not as fast, you know, if, if you're specking a lot of aero, it's just not going to be fat, as fast on the straight, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lightweight car with not a lot of power. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, this, well, obviously offend some people, but 
Uh, it's very easy to go fast in a straight line. You mm-hmm. know? And I'm not shitting on drag racing. I'm talking about like champ car or this, right? Like you just, you know, <laughs> obviously, you know, getting a good run and whatever matters when you're racing cars that are close to you. But, you know, when maybe lap time is similar, but it's because you can't turn for shit. Um, but you have 50 horsepower on the slow cars, um, or traditionally, you know, thought of the slow cars, then yeah, it's, it's just way easier to get it done. You just straighten the wheel and right foot down. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, sometimes you gotta be careful because if cars get a really good corner exit, like, you know, cars with a lot of, you know, arrow and grip and, just good setup. Like sometimes people will, I, I remember racing the GWR E30. There were some people were like, man, that thing has a lot of power. It's like, no, it was like 150 <laughs> horsepower. It does not have a lot of power. It's just, we exit the corner like 10 miles an hour faster than you are right now. And that really helps straight line speed when you start 10 miles an hour faster. Yep. Um, of course, then there's some cars that can easily overcome that, that we race against. Um, and that's and that's what we're those are the cars we're talking about where they can just kind of not really push it in the brake zones or try to make you know over you know go around the outside and inside all the racecraft and everything now you just sit behind them and as soon as the straight comes you pull out and just drive past them <laughs> yeah i mean and so, honestly that's if you're renting out or whatever like it it's the smart choice right because it means you can make the pass without really putting your car in a risky situation. So yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, specifically with Champ Car, a lot of the high power cars are kind of not fun cars to drive. Whether they're front wheel drive or heavy V eight cars or hey, just yeah, weird. Usually the 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 cars that can are able to get away with the most power to weight ratio are just usually compromised in other ways and that's how the rules are supposed to work. But, uh, when you're having to pass a lot of traffic, it, it's way easier to just have the straight line speed on people. So a lot of times some of the top teams seem to gravitate towards that. So, and I, I think it's the right move, but you know, as yeah. a, as a person that maybe drives these cars every once in a while, uh, I'd much rather drive the super grippy aired out Miata or E30 over, mm-hmm you know, uh, a big solid axle Mustang or, uh, are you trying to win or are you trying to have fun? Cause they can be different. Yeah. That's, I mean, winning's still fun for me and going fast is still fun. It's, I think going fast in a corner is a little more challenging and interesting to me, but I don't know. It's still fun hitting like 140 on the straight, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, it's like the most relaxing slash dull part, I think. Right? Like, I don't know. Just going down the back straight like at Road Atlanta is the easiest part. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I'm at the top speed. Look at me. <laughs> whatever. You know, you're just holding the throttle open. Yeah. You I know. mean, I guess the fun part is when you're passing people with 20 mile an hour differentials, speed <laughs> differentials. I guess that's the fun part. Suckers. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but yeah, just 
uh, if I if I were building an endurance car, I'd definitely try to get kind of the most power possible, and and that's all also why over the many years of racing, it seems like people are always really focused on like you know who who has the most power. Oh, this person mm-hmm. must be cheating to get more power. I mean, say like Ferrari, like in F one recently, things like that. Where yeah, well, they were. So. Yeah, if the more power you have, the more either in their case, the more downforce they can run because they can just offset it, um, or just obviously just be faster in the straights um, and make it easier to pass. Um, but uh, but yeah, not a lot of people focus on power. I know, especially when, when complaining about cars, they think, oh, that car, that's just way too much power or whatever. But I don't know, you know, some cars have a lot of grip too, but people just think that's all the driver, nothing else. But obviously you need to set the car up. I mean, aero doesn't work, right? And it doesn't work unless you're going 200 miles an hour. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, it generally doesn't work if you're going 30, so. <laughs> True. Um. Which, yeah, which is always funny to see when there's some people with really just kind of overclassed cars that start throwing arrow on it, thinking that that's, that's the reason. Not let alone that their power to weight ratio is like half of some of the, the top teams. But, uh, but anyway, um, I just thought with the whole hypercar thing, it was, it was interesting to see uh, uh, when the P2 gr- t- P2 drivers got out of the car. They were just complaining about how the hype cars were holding them up the whole time. And <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, well, they got to complain about something. I mean, the guy was leading the race in his class and everything. He still has to complain about something. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what drivers do. They're effectively <laughs> babies. I've that. Yep. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, like uh, one of the, I don't think, I forget if it was, I think it was the, not the, Portimao F1 race, but the one before that, uh, I think Mick Schumacher spun and his race engineer was like, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It'll yeah. be okay. Just, uh, straight get the car, go, go get it straightened out, get it back on track. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Good job. Okay. Now, now, now you're good. Just, just race like you were before. I don't know. It was yeah. just, yeah, it was no, like, I, I saw memes about that anyway. <laughs> like to be fair, some of these people, some of these drivers are basically children, much younger than us. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. But uh, but still, it's just uh, it's funny in that respect. Um, but but yeah, even I mean, all drivers, even in their forties, are, are a bunch of children, just crying about how you know his he's got a better toy than me, or you know, pretty much. But. Um, but anyway, I think that was, uh, we thought we'd just do another kind of candid chat this week. Uh, uh, like Eric was saying, he's, once he gets that surface pro (laughs) pen all dialed in one of these days, (laughs) it's going to fucking work. Uh, we'd like to do a a tech, you know, more tech focused episode on suspension geometry or, or related uh, things that. Anything that definitely illustrations are preferred. Um, yeah, I mean, like when to... we start talking about uh, like kinematics, it's you know you need to connect dots and lines. Uh, 
it's much easier to show that than to describe that. So, yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, keep keep an eye out uh, for that. But uh, but as far as this week's episode, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, uh, make sure you uh, check out our our social medias: Facebook, Instagram at Motorsports Tech Talk. It's you know where we post up the latest episodes and any other happenings whether it's you know our racing or uh other things funny memes that kind of thing every once in a while every once Um, in a while but uh but yeah but it's the best place to to get updates on on new episodes and things like that uh it's also the best place to get in touch with us if you have any comments questions that kind of thing constructive criticism uh compliments you know we take it all all of it but uh but yeah but as always uh thanks again for sticking with us this long and uh we hope to talk to you guys again soon see ya